I couldn't help but smile as I greeted her in the car line. Uh, Every Monday through Friday, every morning, I'm out in the car line greeting students as they get dropped off and saying hello to the parents. And, And every morning, she gets out of the car, and I ask her the same thing. How are you? And every single day, she says the same thing with a big old smile on her face. She says, I'm good, except for this time. This time, she said, I'm good. And then she stopped and said, just like I always am, and just like I always will be. (laughs) And I couldn't help but smile, because what a great attitude. I'm always going to be good. But as she went into the classroom, I got a little sad for her. Because you and I know that life happens. And at some point in her life, she's going to wake up and most likely not be good. She's going to wake up and something in life has happened, whether a phone call came in, uh, a doctor's uh, result came in, something is going to happen where she wakes up and she's not good. Because that's life, right, in this sinful world. And so it made my heart sad. It made my heart sad for her because this is going to happen at some point. And you've experienced too, my guess is. You've experienced it, where, where life is going well, where you're stable, where everything seems to be fine, and then it hits like that, out of nowhere. And your world seems to be rocked, your world seems to teeter, and it's no longer stable ground that you're standing on, whether uh, physically or emotionally, and you're no longer good. And it's when your world is rocked like that and you're teetering and you're, you're, you're on unstable ground, so to speak, that it's hard to find rest because your heart fills with anxiety. Your heart fills with fear. And in those moments, where do we turn to find rest? That's what we're going to talk about today as we look at Psalm 46. Psalm 46 was originally a song actually written uh, to be sung in the temple, uh, or yeah, in the temple around 1000 BC. Uh, it was written by a group called the Sons of Korah. Korah was uh, a guy who lived around 1500 BC during Moses' time, and Korah was actually a wicked guy that ended up dying because of his wickedness. Uh, but he had descendants, and those descendants became doorkeepers, singers, and musicians in the temple. And they wrote a song for the choir to sing. Uh, that is numbered Psalm 46. And it's all about where to find rest when your world is falling apart. So let's jump in. We're in Psalm 46. We're going to begin with verse 1. Here's what we're told. God is our refuge and strength, never-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake, with their surging. Notice what he says. We will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Have you ever seen the mountains? Probably the majority of us have with the amount of traveling that gets done. But if, if you've seen the mountains, yes, they're a picture of majesty and they're majestic, but they're also a sense of stability. What can take down a mountain? 
Noah's flood didn't. If you bombed one, a, a section of it, the rest of it's probably not going to collapse. It's a sense of stability. And what happens here? The mountains come crashing down. It's apocalyptic type stuff. It's, it's things in a movie. Imagine standing at the base of the mountain and seeing the mountains just crumbling before you as the earth is coming undone. It would be absolutely horrifying and terrifying. But then he says, though its waters roar and foam, the heart of the sea, waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. I imagine that the people on the west coast right now are experiencing waters roaring and foaming as they are under a tsunami watch. As the waters churn and the waves come crashing in, you see it roar and foam and, and the waters that are normally so peaceful and calm are no longer peaceful and calm. They're angry, and it's scary. If you've been part of a hurricane, if you've seen a hurricane on the news, you know how terrifying it is to see the waters churning about. You know how terrifying it is, or maybe you do, to be part of an earthquake where the ground literally shakes and it's no longer stable. If you're part of the, the earth coming undone, it causes fear, worry, anxiety, as what is stable, what we know to be stable, is no longer stable. And maybe you know that feeling. Maybe not, I don't know that any of us have seen the mountains come crashing down into the sea, but we have a phrase, right? His world is falling apart. Her world is falling apart right now. And so maybe you don't know what it's like to have the world, the, the earth come undone, but maybe you know what it's like to have your, your world come undone as life comes crashing down, as you receive that phone call because the results are in and the doctor says it is cancer. Maybe you know what it's like to have, uh, get called into your boss's office and you get told that you've been laid off or fired. And now you have no idea what you're going to do financially for your family. Maybe you know what it's like to have your trust and confidence betrayed by a close friend. And it feels like your world has now fallen apart. Everything you trusted is now gone. Maybe you know what it's like to make mistake after mistake after mistake, and now they've caught up to you. And everything is coming undone. Maybe you know what it's like to receive that phone call and you hear the, the news that a loved one has passed away and it shakes and rocks your world and everything feels like it's crashing down. When our life is crashing down or when we feel like that, we lose the stability in our life. When something big like that happens, Everything that's stable in our life is now shook. And it leads to the feeling of vulnerability. Whether physically or emotionally, and it's scary. In those moments, where do you turn? Where do you turn to escape? Where do you turn for stability in your life? For the author, he turns to his big God. Here's what we're told. All this crashing down, the world is coming undone, and then he points his eyes to this. 
There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at the break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Notice the stark difference between the first couple verses and, and these verses. The, the earth's coming undone. The mountains are falling into the sea. They're roaring and they're foaming and it's filled with anxiety as the earth is coming undone. But then there's a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. It's a picture of peace. It's a picture of stability. It's a picture of safety. In a lot of ways, we're reminded of two things, the Garden of Eden. In the Garden of Eden, we hear of the streams of rivers that flow through the Garden of Eden, and you get this tranquil, this, this picture of just amazing peace that you want to be a part of. That, in the end, Revelation chapter 21, where God is with her. The city of God comes down out of heaven and God is with his people. There's no more mourning, crying, or pain. There's only peace. That's the picture we get here. And this is where the author's eyes go. Not to anywhere here on earth, but to his secured home in heaven. And that's your first point today. When life is crashing down around you, be still and know that God has your heavenly home secured. You and I are citizens of that heavenly home, that city of God where the streams make glad the city because of Jesus. It's a place that can never be bombed. It's a place that can never be destroyed. It's a place that the gates of hell will never prevail against. God's heavenly home is safe and secure and stable for eternity. And that is where our end is. Cancer can take our life, but it can't take our eternal life. We can experience great financial loss here on earth, but our inheritance of heaven will last for eternity. We can experience hurt and betrayal, but the eternal joy and healing and happiness of heaven will last forever. We can experience death, both for ourselves and for our loved ones here on earth, but God's eternal home with eternal life, where death is no more, will last for eternity. It is completely secure, and it's yours through your Savior Jesus. When life is crashing down around us, we can be still, and we can find rest in the hope that we have, the, the hope that our heavenly home is secure because God is there. It's where the Most High dwells, and we will be there for eternity. But he doesn't just talk about, the author doesn't just talk about the future. He also goes back to the past. Here's what we're told. Verse 8. Come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Notice he, he doesn't just go to the future and, and the city of God where, where the streams of living water come through. Uh, where it's all peace, he also says, come and see what the Lord 
has done. What God has done in the past. How his powerful, mighty hand has intervened into human history to protect his people. He says, come and see how the Lord has made war cease. How he breaks the bow, shatters the spear, burns up the shields. And it wouldn't be hard in 1000 BC for the Israelites to remember how God intervened. 500 years before, under Moses, God led the people out of their slavery to the Egyptians, and what happened? The Israelites came, and they were leaving, and they came to the banks of the, uh, the Nile, or not the Nile River, the Red Sea. And there they stood. And they turned around and looked, and Pharaoh and his army are coming. You talk about your world crashing down. Uh, we're stuck between drowning or getting killed by the Egyptian army. I guess take your pick. But God intervened. And he parted the Red Sea. And the Israelites walked across on dry ground. And as soon as they got to the other side, what did God do? He had the waters crash down on the Egyptian army, destroying them. All their bows, all their spears, destroyed. The author says, be still. Come and see what the Lord has done. When was the last time you felt like your world was crashing down? When was the last time you experienced the, the instability of life? Do you see how God worked through it? Do you see God's mighty, invisible hand guiding and leading and intervening? Satan meant it to crush you, but God used it to strengthen your faith in him. Satan wanted you to think that it was a hopeless situation, but God turned it for hopeful because his mighty hand intervened. You see, when, when our life is crashing down, when we feel overwhelmed, when, when it's uh, unstable and we're teetering, we can be still and, and, and remember the hope that we have, but we can also look back and see how our God has been with us through our entire life, through every single moment when life is crashing down around us. God has been with us in the past, He's with us in the future. But the author says one more thing. Verse 10. I'm sorry, got point two. Be still and know God has acted in the past. And now the author says one more thing. He says, this is God, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Not only do we have a heavenly home that's secure that we have to look forward to in the future, not only has God acted in the past, but we can be still and know that God is with us now. The Lord Almighty is with us. In the spring of 1521, a monk and theologian named Martin Luther was preparing to stand uh, before the two most powerful men in the world the Holy Roman Emperor, and the Pope. And he was being brought before them on charges of uh, teaching false doctrine. Really, what was he teaching? Justification through faith. In other words, we are declared innocent before God, not because of our works, but because of faith in Jesus as our Savior. Not by works, so that no one can boast, Ephesians chapter 2 says. In other words, Luther was on trial for preaching what God's word said. He was also on trial for saying that the authority of the Pope was not the final authority, but the final authority 
is the word of God. And as he was preparing to stand before these two most powerful men, he knew there was a very good chance that it would end with him being burned at the stake and being killed for teaching against the church. And yet he didn't run. He stood before them and confessed what the Bible said. Was he confident? Yes. But he also said that he was fearful and terrified to stand before them because he knew what could happen. Where did he find rest? Psalm 46. The Lord God Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. He knew that God had prepared his heavenly home. He knew that God had been with him in the past for things in his, in his, uh, earlier in his life that he went through. And he knew that God was with him now. And he knew that even though his body could be burned at the stake, God had protected his soul for eternity. Same is true for you and me. When life is crashing down around us, when, when we are teetering, when, when, when life is throwing all kinds of things at us, we can be still and know that our God is with us and that he's got a fortress around our soul that he won through his son Jesus. We can know that as life is crashing down, that we are protected for eternity as our God is our fortress, as the Lord God Almighty is with us in this moment, at this time, now. It's one thing for you and me to say this right now when maybe our life is good. Maybe we would describe it as, it's good. We're pretty stable right now. It's another thing when you're actually going through it. When you're going through the, the world's turning upside down, when everything is crashing in your life, where do you go? It's our God. It's here. Where we open up God's word and we hear of the living water, Jesus. That, that the living water who refreshes our souls as we are reminded once again of our Savior Jesus who came to this world and what did we see him do? We see him start bringing the peace that this world was meant to have with every healing that he did, with every feeding that he did, with every person that he rose from the dead. We see the perfect little glimpses of the perfect world that God had meant to have, the restful world, the peaceful world that God meant to have. It's here that we open up the word and we're surrounded by the means of grace where we get to hear of our Savior Jesus who's won eternal life for you and me, who has secured that position through his shed blood on the cross. We get to hear how Jesus conquered the biggest threat to our life, which is death. We get to hear how our Savior Jesus loves us and promises, I am with you always to the very end of the age. We get to hear of the mercies of God every single Sunday as we open up the word of God, as we are reminded of our baptism, the adoption into God's family, as we receive Christ's body and blood in the Lord's Supper for the forgiveness of sins. It's in those moments that we come here and we hear the mercy of our Savior Jesus and we can be at rest even when life is crashing down around us. It's for this reason that I didn't stay sad very long because I know that Monday through Friday Miss Robinson gives her God's word every single day. 
Monday through Friday, she is built up in her Savior Jesus and the forgiveness that he won at the cross. Every day in that classroom, she hears how uh, Jesus rose from the dead so that her eternal life is secure. And that's what you and I get to hear every Sunday. And it's because of that we know that no matter what happens in life, we can say with her, I have been good and I will be good because the Lord God Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. It's there that we find rest. May God be with you as you rest no matter what is thrown at your life because we know that our eternal life is secure. We know that God's been with us in the past and he's with us now. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God Almighty, we praise and thank you that you are with us now. We praise and thank you that we have the hope of eternal life uh, so that no matter what happens, uh, we know that we will live with you forever in peace. Even if we should die, we know that we will just get infinitely more happy as we are by your side forever in heaven, more joyful as we will rest uh, because we will be in the city of God where the streams of uh, the rivers come through and make glad the city of God where we will be at peace forever knowing that death, mourning, crying, and pain will cease. We thank you that we get to know that you are with us now and that you are protecting our souls for eternal life. Uh, as we go through life's events, uh, we ask that you help us to remember to be still and know that you are our big and powerful God both now and forever. We ask you to help us to continue to grow in our Savior's love. Help us to continue to grow in the forgiveness and life eternal that he's won for us. No matter what happens, Lord, bring us rest, knowing that you are in control of all things and that you are with us every single day. Amen.